0: I can do it. it.
1: DJ sessions where we feature the best DJs from around the world I'm your host Aaron and right now we're standing in Seattle Washington up on Capitol Hill just a few blocks away from Q nightclub with the one the you know him you love him Hotel Garuda how's it going this afternoon That's me. Evening, man
0: it's going well thank you thanks for having me on uh, on your show
1: yeah we were talking a little bit on the phone before the interview and you manage your foodie you like our you like our cuisine here Yes. you come up here quite often I, and uh,
0: indeed.
1: where were you at this evening I was at Poquito's a
0: okay. Mexican restaurant um, I've been there a bunch of times. My girlfriend and her folks are from here, so I come up here a few times a year. Mm. Uh, love the seafood. Love Pike Place Market. Obviously, all the obvious places people <laughs> go to eat when they come here.
1: I live a few blocks away from Pike Place, so Sick, I get all right? the good restaurants down there. But gotta know, did you try the grasshoppers at Pachita? I didn't get the grasshoppers tonight. No, <laughs> I I've them. had them before, but I didn't. Get, I didn't get them tonight. They are amazing. Um, Well, thank you for coming up here. I know you're a fan of our restaurants, fan of our cuisine, but you're also a fan of one of our top nightclubs here, Q Nightclub Tonight, where you're playing. Yes, I love it. So tell us about the tour you're on Mm -hmm. right now. It is the... The phone went down. My cue cards went down. down. That's all good. Hey, Siri, can you give me a cue card here? (laughs) This is where I told you. It's improv and fun. So you're on the one recent tour right now. (laughs) In Seattle, Washington. Yes. You're coming to a finish on that tour. What's it been Mm. like over the, over Um, the past... It's been months. it's been
0: a lot of fun. I've been playing two-hour sets every night, which is not it's not a crazy amount of time by any by any like standards. But for my own reasons, like I really wanted to get a chance to play for longer sets than I've been to in the past or that I've been playing in the past. And it's been really nice to get a chance to sort of show people the whole range of my influences and the stuff that I like to play out. Mm-hmm. And so far, the response has been really really good. Um, and all the shows that I've been playing at have been playing just stuff that I really like to listen to and it's just really been nice to see that it resonates with so many other people.
1: And if you could select one track that is sort of your premiere track, or one track Mm -hmm. you could really just promote and drive out there to the hearts of your fans Mm -hmm. or people that don't know about you, what track would that be right now? So right now that track would be One Reason, the namesake for the tour. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, The song came out in November and it features Imad Royal and Kia Victoria who are two fabulous people both incredible songwriters and incredible singers too. Uh, Imad is a longtime friend of mine, a, a mentor figure almost to me, and he's someone that I've always gone to when I need advice, or when I need help with songs, help with music in general. And Kia I actually only met the day that the song was written, and just a great person to work with and loved having her energy on the record.
1: And do you think that DJs should learn more about music theory nowadays as opposed to just Getting tracks, or do you know, like moving towards producing tracks, or at least understand music theory in general. Sure, I mean
0: an understanding of music theory doesn't hurt at all by any means. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not. I'm, I may not be the best person to ask about this because I came into music, I came into producing music with no little to no theory background. Mm-hmm. Um, I played guitar growing up for about six, seven years, but I never learned the classical, like formal way of of learning the instrument. I kind of just had a teacher who would teach me songs I wanted to play. Um, which sounds cool as a kid, but if I think about it now, I would much rather have just learned theory. I would be in Mm -hmm. such a better place. Um, But that's water under the bridge. So now I'm trying to take advantage of my situation and try to take the initiative to learn more about the inner workings of music, as well as the producing. Because the producing has been my main interest for the last four or five years since Mm -hmm. Hotel Weird started. And now that I've got a chance to make a Make more of an individual statement with my with my music. I think it's important to have an understanding of theory too. Mm-hmm.
1: And technology moves pretty fast in the production world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's changed. I mean, I remember when I was playing around with SP eight hundred eight and MC five hundred five by Roland mm-hmm. back in the day, and you know, samplers were coming on, computers were getting into the scene. And then I moved over to Apple and was using Logic and things of that yeah. nature. If there's something that you could imagine. A piece of equipment that you wish could be in existence, what would that be if you could see it coming out, say in the next five years that you could play around with or use?
0: Um that's a that's really hard. Um how about
1: how about that's a, unlocking that's a good your question. phone? unlock my Unlock your phone. My, I'm unlock unlock my, your phone. My, you can oh, yeah. use your phone to cheat on this if you need to. I'm trying
0: to think. Uh so let me think. The, my favorite way to come up with, like, drum rhythms is to beatbox them out, like, just to, to myself. Mm-hmm. And then sort of try to match the beatbox that I hear in my head with samples in a computer. I'm sure this, there's a way of doing this already, but, like, sometimes, sometimes I'll record it on my phone, like, the rhythm that I want to achieve. Like, mm-hmm. a, and then I'll record that and throw that into Ableton in, in my processing, or in my, in my DAW and then I'll literally try to match that with drum samples that I have on my computer. So I don't really know. If there was a way to to cut out the middleman, if I could just literally beatbox
1: into a mic and it would give me a beatbox translator.
0: Yeah, a beatbox translator, that would be perfect. Do you think you could be I able to program
1: like the beatbox to actually speak to other people? Like you could walk up to somebody and go.
0: Yeah, like if you would, if you just speak. if you put a bunch of words in it and you put a word <laughs> bank into it, you could program it to say things to people. Yeah. That would be, be pretty great. cool. Alright, <laughs> so a
1: beatbox translator. Or you, you know be, what would be even
0: cooler, is a cloud-based way to access all of your software and samples, no matter what computer you're on. And no matter what system you're on, I guess. I mean, Splice already kind of does this, where uh-huh. they have so- like sound libraries and, and uh, sample libraries on- online. Mm-hmm. But, if there was a way for my computer to be a digital clone of my other computer at home, if I had two computers, uh, you know, sadly, we make do with what we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could have my computer, what that I travel with, be a walking digital clone of the one that I have at home that syncs with
1: itself all the time, that'd be perfect. There you go. So, beatbox translator and syncing technology to have your full music library production yes. suite and everything on the go on the fly in the cloud all the time all the time yeah would it have to be would there be an app for that i don't know,
0: I don't know there should be <laughs> whoever's watching this if you're if you work in app development hit me up <laughs> there
1: you go so it, any advice that you would give to um aspiring producers new producers that mm-hmm. are coming out in the game um you know it goes back to kind of that music theory question but what is the most important thing you could tell a producer starting producer right now uh, in the music game to, to really focus on.
0: Uh I'm going to try to pick my words carefully here because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people say the same thing about this. If you ask a lot if you ask any one of my friends, they'll probably give you the same answer. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think says more about the kind of friends that I like to keep. But that's a sidebar. That's a that's a different point. Um, I think what's most important for music producers is to make music that you like first and foremost cuz it's it's a nice bonus if other people like it and sure it can, be, it can be really rewarding to have a career built off of people validating your creations, which is, you know, the, part of the human condition, you want people to like the things that you make, you want people to like the things you put out, and it often comes at the cost of uh, satisfying yourself. Sometimes it's really, it's, you can kind of phone it in and you can do things by the numbers to make something that you know will do well, in air quotes, mm-hmm. Um, but it may not be satisfying your artistic vision, and I think what's important is to have a have a vision and stick to it.
1: All right, have a vision, stick to it. Yeah. And, and speaking of visions and looking either to the past, say mm-hmm. twenty five years ago in music history, or fifty years ahead, if you could choose a power, superpower, would you go back in time and Play around and go 25 years to now, or would you go superpower 50 years forward and see what's up and going on with music? There? If I was going 50 years forward, I would be so
0: far out of my depth. People would probably be making music in their own heads, and it would just come out as a finished
1: song. The beatbox translator. The
0: beatbox translator—it's a real thing, okay? A real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> so then uh, going forward, and you heard it I here would, first. <laughs> I would definitely love to teleport back in time because I always feel—I always find myself rediscovering music from the 80s and 90s, and even the 70s that has influenced so much of electronic music nowadays and dance music nowadays. It, it really is rooted in, like, you can pinpoint songs here and there that mm-hmm. led to sonic changes that we are used to hearing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to just quickly dip back into the into 1980s and see what was going on then. I mean, except for the haircuts. <laughs> but even then, the haircuts could be cool too.
1: They were cool, new wave, I mean, it's all a haircut. The haircuts were <laughs> cool at the time. They were cool at the time, I mean. <laughs> I never got the flock of seagulls going on, but, Yeah, I me mean, neither. I mean, I was some born, Bowie. So. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for dating me. <laughs> I know all about my 80s now. <laughs> all right. So, um, uh, finishing up, got to ask a question. Are the chopsticks and Cheetos really on your writer? Uh, as of two hours ago, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was doing a little research on you, and your writer leaked out on the internet somehow, and... It's pretty inoffensive. That I've never seen chopsticks and Cheetos. Chopsticks right. and
0: Cheetos changed my life yeah. because Cheeto dust is
1: a plague.
0: It's delicious, but it's a plague. It <laughs> can be. It's really nice to have, like, even, I mean, at my house, uh, we have reusable chopsticks because we, we eat a lot of Asian food at home, mm-hmm. so. Uh, we have chopsticks. We have more chopsticks than we have forks, I think. If, if, if we still have, though. And so, I think I first saw Oscar Isaac in a picture, like the actor, eating, like, Cheetos with chopsticks and I was like, this is probably the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then I showed it, I was at my friend's house yesterday and I was doing the same thing and my friend was like, are you really eating Cheetos with chopsticks? I was like, yeah, do you not? Cause I just assumed that everyone did it now. Apparently not everyone does it, but if you don't do it, you're welcome.
1: Well, not stateside. And you, what's your flavor Cheetos flavor? Extra, flaming extra flaming. Hot? Flaming hot. Flaming hot. So, ho- yes, the hottest. Yes. Hottest one. you can get. The hottest possible. Love those, and you gotta just love it because it turns your fingers pink, yes. red, not orange, not not bright, you know, bright ti- like what is it, the the Frosted Flakes tiger? Exactly, Tommy? Tony, Tony the tiger. tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony, <laughs> the tiger. Clearly, well, I know did not grow up che- the US. Got Chester, they, got Chester, they got Chester Cheetah. Yeah, Chester so Cheetah. Chester yeah, yeah. Cheetah orange, not yeah. flaming hot orange. If
0: you know it's spicy enough when when you start to sweat from the top of your head, like right here, that's when I know the food is spicy
1: enough. Did you see the guy who ate the, the one nacho, the video the one nacho, no, it's what? the one chip challenge? It's a one nacho chip. It's what, the, is it like the hottest chip on the earth? The hottest earth chip on earth, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Two minutes into the video, he's... Pouring down sweat. Yeah, I I believe his wife or girlfriend says to him, He says, Honey, do you need a towel? He goes, Why do I need a towel? My mouth's on fire. There's so much sweat dripping from your forehead. I I can't even keep my cool when I'm eating
0: spicy food. Like, I love it so much because I'm Indian, my parents are Indian, Mm -hmm. and like, I grew up eating uh, a lot of foods with different flavor profiles to what people are used to when you grow up in America. And I find that there's like a weird high that comes with eating really spicy food. Some people, like, you can't, you're not willing to, like, get to that wall. You have to be willing to get to that wall first before you break through it. It's not like you can just go and eat a bunch of spicy food and be like, now I'm high as hell. But, like, <laughs> it's more like you keep eating spicier and, spicier and spicier and spicier and spicier until you get to a point where, like, I don't think I'm breathing anymore. I, I can't feel my eyes and then all of a sudden Ooh. you're like, do I need to be able to feel my eyes? And you kind of just, you, you lose your mind, slowly, but surely. I
1: did the mistake of ordering Thai style five, like they, Thai made, spicy. Six they made six star for me. I took two bites, I was done. I was uh. like, I'm not spicy, I like spicy, but, um, <laughs> speaking of spicy, speaking of food, speaking of websites, tours, albums, songs, tracks, mm. producing, toys, future. Yes. Where can people find out more information about you, what you um, got going on? Um, Twitter, Instagram, and my website.
0: My The tickets for my tour are available on my website, hotelgarudamusic.net slash tour, which you can find right here. Um, I don't even know if you can find the link right there. I just, I'll put the link up. You can put the, <laughs> I'll put the link, link up. Right, right here. Um, my Instagram is hotelgaruda, H-O-T-E-L-G-A-R-U-D-A. Same with Twitter. Um, you can learn more about what makes me me. I hope to see you on the internet.
1: Here you go, Hotel Garuda on the DJ Sessions. Don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Hashtag us the DJ Sessions. TDJS if you are bold. It's Hotel Garuda coming to you live from well, kind of live, pre recorded, but yes. it's going to be somewhat live and streamed again. Uh, coming to you live from Seattle, Washington, playing at Q Nightclub tonight. Check them out. <laughs>